0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, April 8th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hanson alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And this is a seven-game NBA slate coach while we have the Masters off and running. And uh, what an exciting day here for
1: DFS Coach Talk. Oh man, it really is. Yeah, how's it going, Andrew? I'm telling you, I'm fired up to be on here it feels so much better today than I did yesterday, thank God. So I'm I'm ready to just get after it. I mean, it. this is like uh, DFS heaven. We've got two awesome baseball slates, an afternoon and a night. We've got a really competitive seven-game NBA slate this evening, and a you know, great after-hours because it's three games. I love the three-game rather than two-game after-hours for NBA. And then, of course, on top of all of it, we've got – incredible golf from the masters uh all day so i don't know if it gets much better than this and the perfect thing about the golf is
0: it fits right in the middle where we you know the coverage hasn't started yet so we can just do our podcast here comfortably then watch this afternoon while we're following the nba news and then the you know the broadcasting will basically be over by the time we get going with nba so beautiful thursday here uh to get uh, to get after it so Let's Can't st- beat it. Yeah. absolutely. And did you know,
1: Andrew? If you have ESPN Plus, you can be watching it now, uh, full full board. On, oh, don't you tell know, me that. The, yes, <laughs> ESPN Plus. You can just like we do with our our gold package for the other one. That uh, you can choose which uh, threesome you want to follow, and they'll you watch the whole thing. Okay. Well, I'll start doing that after the show. Then I like it. Absolutely. All right. Well, get us going
0: here. We've got 7:30. Uh, we also have an extra half hour before we start.
1: I know I love the extra thirty especially on you know with all this going on like tonight, so it gives us a little spacing between uh post uh, getting the baseball posted up there and getting all that in and then uh going with the n b a so uh odd that the first game includes the Los Angeles Lakers they're on their east coast trip right now uh and they find themselves a big eight point dog uh and the total is is would you believe two oh four I know. How's that, that for uh, college levels uh, <laughs> over under? It is the lowest on the day, and uh, it, you know, very surprising. And Lakers, look how far they've fallen. I mean, they're still somehow 32-19, and 19, so that's not, the you know, the worst. But, uh, you know, eight-point dogs makes it pretty interesting. And then, of course, we have uh, uh, the pace of play not being very fun here. It's 16 for L.A., 28 for Miami, uh, and we have outstanding defense, and that's why it's a 204. Lakers somehow hanging on to number one is the best defensive team re- uh, based on defensive efficiency. Miami all the way to sixth and climbing. Uh, the news that we have right now is Drummond and Kuzma are probable, so we're expecting them to play, as is Tyler Hero for. Uh, Miami. So we're going to get a real serious look at, uh, you know, these two teams that other than obviously LeBron and Davis, who are out for an extended period. But other than that, we're going to get a look at what they've got here and see how that's going to play into everything. Uh, I will say, you know, watching these two teams play recently, it's very hard to want to do much with your DFS side of the uh, side of things, because L.A.'s just Uh, you know, really been low scoring. They're trying to still play their defense. Uh, Their games just haven't been uh, big scoring. I I haven't seen, you know, even Schroeder and Kuzman, some of these guys, having trouble uh, to get to 5X. So that makes it difficult. We don't know Drummond's, you know, now that he's probably back, uh, how that's going to shift things. Um, You know, Morris has been okay. The Morris boys I played – Because they're always value and they hang in there. But nobody makes me jump out of my seat for the Lakers. And then Miami, we've talked about this all week. You know, with all their guys back, they just have so many bullets in the gun. It's hard to choose which one to fire. Because, you know, with that lineup that starts with Oladipo, Robinson, Butler, Reza, and Adebayo, then you've got that huge plethora of guys that had been playing a good chunk of the season, led by Hero, and and Bogdanovich, uh, or, or not Bogdanovich, uh, Drogic. Drogic. Yeah, I knew it was an itch. Mm-hmm. Or I scratched the wrong itch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, all those guys—they're just loaded. They're they're up and down, splitting minutes, playing well, slowing the pace down. Andrew, I say all that. I probably wasted three and a half minutes of your life to say this game just isn't, doesn't have any appeal to me. And I can't even choose a one-off that I think is super worth it. So looks like it's a six-game slate for Coach. Yeah, it's, you know, trending towards
0: a six-game slate for me as well. If if Drummond's out there, then the bigs are kind of mixed up. Gasol took a nice jog down narrative lane last game, as we talked about. Uh, 13-9-5 against his I was old was happy mates. for him. You know, yeah. I
1: love the old guys when they can pull that out. Right.
0: Um, but... Gonna shy out, shy away from him here against Bam and company. And Car- isn't
1: Shea Gilgis Alexander? <laughs>
0: <laughs> now he's out tonight. We can't, we can't play him either. Can't he's out for a while. <laughs> uh, Caruso and THT stepped up and both played well. Yeah. Uh, THT's price is still a little bit har- higher than Caruso. So one of those guys could hit value. But I agree. I'm not, I'm not looking at these guys as key value plays. I'm, I'm probably not going to play any Lakers. And with Miami, if Hero is out, then I, I would look at Dragic. Uh, still a really good price. But yeah. that, that's it. I mean, I'm not going to play any of these guys in the regular rotation unless there's a major a shift in news. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's just too much of a gamble. Yep. All right. Well, game two. This is the other 730 game, and I, I'm certainly going to have a lot more exposure here in this one. I'm guessing you will, too. We've got... Yeah. Uh, A little bit healthier total of 217.5 as the Chicago Bulls are favored by four as they visit Toronto down in Tampa. And it's a front end of a back-to-back for Chicago. And the news there, we have Tice available to get back in the lineup. Garrett Temple still out. And then probable tags for three key guys for Chicago. Levine, Laurie Markkinen, and Kobe White. On the Toronto side, here's why I'm, I'm interested in this game. We've got Van Vliet. Hood, Watson, and McCaw still out. So we've got those backups, tighter and rotation of course, Lowry. for Toronto. It's, and of course yeah. Lowry, yep. Yeah. So, a better game environment here because we have ninth and 12th pace and decent offenses, sort of middle-of-the-road defenses. Um, let's start with Chicago here. Levine, you know, his price dipped and we're kind of eyeing it here and waiting for him to get healthy. He's still dinged up a little bit with the ankle, get more comfortable with Vucevic. And I do like what he did last game against Indiana because he got good minutes. He took 18 shots. And his price is still good. So I I like Levine here. Um, Vucevic is uh, probably a little pricey for me on this slate. uh, But he's really settled in and kind of leading that offense now. So he's got the usage... Big game last game, but I I think I might lean Levine here a little bit and and try to take advantage of his low price tag. Um, You know, the other thing here with Chicago is that they seem to trim the rotation a little bit. Kobe White got 31 minutes off the bench. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, he's back on my radar, uh, but I I don't think I'll go there. I I probably would more likely go with one of the guards on the Toronto side here if I was going to get multiple guys in this game the problem with the Toronto guards if you want to call Bembry and Flynn uh you know two of the three key guards here is that they're Bembry and Flynn have been priced up on FanDuel so the the honeymoon is a little bit uh yeah a little bit gone in in my mind for for those guys on FanDuel Bembry at 5200 is still playable um you know, you can have success against this Chicago backcourt. But I, I really like him on DraftKings. He's only 3800 And, you know, he's really stepped up as a starter. So that I like that price tag. Flynn is also more playable on DraftKings at 4700 But then you, you also could look at one of the other guys with, with Toronto. Trent is still a good price. Siakam, I think, will, uh, you know, really take advantage of Van Vliet. And, and uh, Lowry still being out. And he played forty one minutes last game. So you yeah. know that's what you want for Siakam is just you know full minutes with a couple guys out so that he gets more shots. Um OG, he should be rested after that ejection. Uh he he's a little bit pricier, so uh he'd probably be my third or fourth option. But I probably you know, it's gonna really depend on the site here. DraftKings, I'm really interested in Bembry and company. Uh, but Levine is is kind of my key guy here. What what
1: are your thoughts on the Chicago side? Well, you know, I actually don't like this game as much as you do, and, I, and I'll I'll tell you why. I think it's opposite reasons. I think Chicago right now is the team I have circled in the East to watch. I love what they did during the, the uh, trade deadline. I think they were real winners in that whole deal. I love the depth that they put together and some of the strong players, specifically Vukovic, that they brought to the table. But what it's done to me is where you you were in a situation, especially like when Thad was out and, you know, they were playing like a split center with Gafford and all these guys, they really didn't have a second guy after Levine. It was, Levine, take your 25 to 28 shots, keep us in the game, we'll get a little help from the rookie Williams, maybe a little help from Kobe, that was before Saturansky was playing. So it was easy to play Levine, and that's why his price went up. And then, you know, if he... If it was the right fit, you could play one of those other guys' as value. But it's that's all changed. I mean, now that you have sataransky starting, Kobe and he's basically splitting minutes, so that crushes them. And now all of the onus is off of Levine. I don't think we're going to see 28 shots from him again. I think now that Vuk is as equal to me uh, an option there, because he's terrific, I think you're getting the superstar split situation with Levine and Vuk, which hurts both of them. It's the same scenario with with Vuk when he was at Orlando. Fournier was out for a long time. They were playing Michael Carter Williams and guys like Kem Birch, who just got cut uh, today from Orlando, which was shocking. But the bottom line is to say it was Vuk or nothing. And he was getting, you know, like six, seven threes up a game, which led all centers. So he was the man. Now you've got two studs out there and they're both priced. Vuk's priced high. Levine's price has come down, but you've got that situation. You know, I mean, can either one at their salaries go eight, nine X, like they did a few times early in the season? I'm concerned about that. I think there's a ceiling now that they're splitting minutes. And on top of that, you've got a more seasoned Patrick Williams, who's got uh, you know, several games under his belt this year as a rookie. He's starting to be more confident. Thad Young is a, is a monster, man. People don't realize he's like the most under-radar guy in the league. If I was building a team, I'd want him on that team because he can defend. He gets rebounds. He's got a nose for the ball. He can score. Uh, you know, but he, again, he they don't run anything for him. He's, he's a fourth option uh, at best. So, but what he does do is, you know, he's there's some usage, there's some points there because he's going to get some rebounds, he's going to get a steal or two. So, you know, I say that to say I think the Bulls are in great shape. I think they're going to make a, a nice little playoff run out of nowhere uh, with Coach Donovan. But for DFS purposes, I definitely don't feel like, for all of those reasons, that there's a guy I can say, this is who I want to roster. So in a game against Toronto uh, where Toronto's been really – Bad lately. They had a couple of uh, blowout losses. They're just in disarray. Uh, Nobody knows why they didn't just blow it up and get the picks. And they're, you know, 11 games under 500. So I have no idea what's going on there. I don't like the split of Bembry and Flynn at point. You can still make it with either one of them because they're cheaper. But Bembry's come up a bit. I think uh, Siakam's the guy. You know, he's sort of the last man standing. He's going to get his 20-25 shots, so he's probably the the best play on the Toronto side. But I do uh, think that Young plays solid defense, and he's rangy, and I think he can bother him. And you know, it could be one of those seven for 25 games for Siakam. So I don't want to spend that huge price for him. I don't think Boucher is a bad play at his price; it's not that bad. And same thing with Trent and Ananobi. So. Those three reasonable value plays, Trent Ananobi and Boucher, would be the guys I'd consider as a, one of them as a one-off. But, you know, for the reason stated, I'm just not really into this game uh, much at all. Interesting.
0: All right. You must want to save your your money for your Mavericks and, and, and Bucks later on in the slate. No,
1: I've got a big thing to say about that. You're going oh, okay. to be stunned.
0: All right. Yeah, well, we I've got...
1: got a little about-face here, okay. marching the other direction. Uh-oh.
0: Well, we got one yep. game to go before we get there. What are your thoughts on the next one?
1: Well, you got Cleveland and OKC, Snooze City, family, friends, and DFS players only to right. watch this game. <laughs> Everyone else, Cleveland, need, mi- need not apply. Yeah. <laughs> no, Cleveland minus four, Oklahoma City on the second night of a back-to-back, two seventeen and a half total. Amazing that Cleveland could be favored on the road, but it is true. Uh, Pace: Cleveland twenty-four, OKC ten. Defense, a little promising, 21-20, and not anything to write home about. The two bigs for Cleveland remain out with Allen and Nance. Uh, Two guys that seem to get hurt all the time, but I don't know if they're just trying to lose or what they're trying to do. And then OKC, you've got three uh, possibles, and let me know if you have something different, but I have three probable guys, Poku, Baisley, and Dort, that are all looking like they are trending to play. Is that what you have? I've got... Poku, probable, but
0: not Baisley and Dort. I've still got them questionable or doubtful.
1: Yeah, I pulled that off of uh wire right before the show. So that's could be either way there. So that's what I want to say there is with their lineup, and that's what matters the most here, because there's value on OKC. Maladone, McKay-Luke, uh, Ty Jerome, Kenridge-Williams could be, Poku could be, Baisley, Dort... All those guys, Moses Brown, you could actually play a couple of those guys and not feel too bad about it as your uh, value. However, if all those guys I just mentioned, nine of them, if they're all playing, then you're, you're right back in the toilet again. It's all split minutes for everybody. So uh, that news is important. Follow us on Discord throughout the day. Easy to do that. To become a member, just go to dfscoachtalk.com. Pick one of our packages there. We have as little as a, a three-day $10 pass uh, that you can jump in with us, and we can get you in this afternoon, and boom, you can check this stuff out with us. Also, a bunch of other options still have the great BetUS.com.pa offer. If you haven't signed up with BetUS yet, go there to their website, sign up with the promo code COACHTALK, deposit 149 for the first time, and you get the rest of the month of April and all of May free uh, with DFS Coach Talk. So you're, uh, and then you get to play whatever uh, bets you want with that 149 at BetUS. You cannot beat the deal. Um, and you know we have a lot of different packages. One thing that is really cool with us is you get everything we've got when you become a member, regardless if you're joining for baseball, basketball, golf, whatever. You get all of our content, all of our lineups for all of our sports, which we do four sports, and we're proud of that because we feel we're the best of the best. We don't want to go so far out to do downhill skiing and ski shooting. So we're sticking <laughs> with baseball, basketball, football, and golf, and we, uh, we want to dominate those sports. So I always get we really a, would love to have you.
0: Yeah, I always get a chuckle out of whatever sports you come up with. How about uh, competitive fishing? You know, we don't, <laughs> we don't cover that stuff.
1: That's it. Cornhole. That was real big during the pandemic. Everybody watching cornhole. So we'll steer clear of that. Uh, I know you wanted, you had recommended doing an hour pot on cornhole, but I talked you out of it.
0: But, uh, anyway, I'd rather that than fishing. That's for sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Hey, there's fishermen out there. If you're listening, don't be upset. We love fishing too. Um, all right. So anyway, I completely got off track there because the main reason I did, though, is the news is so important. It's not like baseball. I love baseball, but it's it's pretty sound unless the weather goes bad. You're going to get the guys, the pitcher you expect, you know, football. There's nine billion things, updates for one one game per week. No problem. You know, and golf, you know, exactly. T times and everything. So, I mean, it's not like a down to the wire NBA, NBA, you've got to have, uh, how can I say this with, uh, with couth? Uh you have to have a big set to be, <laughs> to be able to do basketball because there's news down to the last second. There's late scratches. There's always just a plethora of guys on the questionable list. And you don't see that in any other sport, but you know what? The reason I'm saying jump in with us at DFS coach talk is because that's what we do. We're 24 7. We're watching every piece of news. We're looking at all the different outlets, the beat writers, the all the social media uh, spots where any of this news comes out. Because one guy, one pivot, uh, you know, that can make all the difference in a winning lineup. So we've got you covered. And and that's to say that you know is what we're saying about Oklahoma City. I think you could go from complete pass to maybe even up to two value guys based on. You know, if if these guys play and, you know, it's important because Poku, Baisley, Dort are, are serious members of that rotation as as is Maladone, McKay, Luke, you know, Williams, Brown, uh, et cetera. So. Be with us there. We'll see if that's reasonable on the Cleveland side. Um, they you know, they have been getting a decent uh, result from their backcourt, and I think Sexton and Garland can be looked at on pretty much any slate because they're going to get the majority of the shots, um, and they're they've played some good ball, uh, but they are sharing the spotlight a bit. Sexton was the man, Garland was sort of the second banana, but there are a lot of games now where Garland's uh, even outscoring him in DFS points. So you got to pick your spots there. I think both of them are playable. Uh, Garland's price is much better than Sexton's. So I am considering one of the Cleveland guards in this matchup, but you know, the pace isn't great. The last four games on this slate, these first three were the t- three low total games, and we've explained why. The last four have a lot more potential and higher over-under. So these first three games, what's really amazing is you know, you've got a 730, a 730, and an eight. And again, we're going to be, you know, no, not a lot of green on our board early on, at least on my lineups. I'll I'll be waiting for these games that basically are at nine uh, and a couple of uh, tens. So uh, actually a nine and three tens. I better uh, take a little nap today, but I can't because I'm watching all these other sports. Mm -hmm. It's uh, I guess is it Red Bull coffee or uh, Monster? What is the? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just coffee Beverage for me. Choice. Yeah, coffee.
0: coffee.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh so that's it man. I I know it was a little wishy-washy on that game, but I want I need to know for sure who's playing for OKC, even who they're starting and then uh try to determine which one of the Cleveland guards I can fit in there cuz I think they're playable. Yeah, I think they're playable as well
0: unless we get Dort playing and that changes it for me. Uh the 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 risk for Sexton there become significant. Dort could really shut him down. Yep. Uh, Garland could still be a decent play in my book, but I prefer Maladon on the other side. He's a lot cheaper. Uh, he's getting shots up too. Getting shots up, uh, playing with confidence. So he's my favorite guard in this game. With the bigs, uh, Moses Brown, uh, The the problem with him are the minutes last four games 23 23 25 27 so tony bradley's okay. getting a bunch of minutes off the bench but moses brown is only 5100 on Fanduel, which makes me stop and reconsider him i, I think he could pay off value in in that uh, even if he only gets 26 to 28 minutes so he's a consideration for me Uh, For the bigs on Cleveland, I like how Love is uh, trending up in his minutes. He got up to 26, but I don't think it's a great matchup for him. I think Moses Brown will give him a lot of trouble. Um, Dean Wade played big minutes last game, 38 minutes, but only got six shots. Uh, So that's a concern. Prince hit value again, but now his price has gone up a little bit. Uh, So, you know, out of those bigs, it's probably only Moses Brown for me. And out of the guards, probably only Maladon Svi is still a good price, but only on Fanduel. So I, I'm with you, and that could be it. Could be a one or two, uh, one or two off here, and then uh, get going with some of these later games. Absolutely. <clears throat> so we've got Milwaukee and Dallas at nine o'clock, uh, standalone game there. Uh, I, I'm excited about it because it's an even spread, two twenty-eight total on BetUS.com.pa, and we have Giannis doubtful which gets me excited about some of these Milwaukee guys. It is the front end of a back-to-back for them. They're going to host Charlotte tomorrow. And on the Dallas side, they're coming off that tough loss against Houston. Coach is Tough's shaking. not the word I have for. <laughs> Coach is shaking his head. Um, injury news, in addition to Giannis, we have P.J. Tucker still out. And then on the Dallas side, question marks for Kleba, Reddick, Burke, and Willie Cauley-Stein. Now, we've got the great pace of Milwaukee. These are two really good offenses. They're 5th and 11th. Uh, that That's why we've got a, a decent total here. And anytime you see Giannis out, then uh, sort of uh, light up the scoreboard for Drew Holiday and Middleton and Portis. Portis got the start last time, 13-13. and 13. Um, Drew and Holiday were, were pretty solid against Golden State in terms of scoring. And... Uh, when these te- teams played before, Middleton had a, had a really nice game, but there were uh, key defenders out for Dallas that day, DFS and Jay Rich. So I don't think it'll be easy sledding for him. But I, I do like uh, Drew and, and Middleton here if Giannis is out. I do like Portis as an option. Dante DiVincenzo is in play for me. Connaughton off the bench uh, certainly could still get it done. And then with Dallas, we got to talk about Luka here who had a nice triple double against Milwaukee when they faced off early early in the season but he just had a cold shooting night last night which was tough for us. I had him in most of my lineups and he shot 1 for 1 for 9 on three pointers and so he just didn't hit the hit the ceiling that we needed. Um but I'll consider him here and it's it's, it's a overall uh slate strategy situation for me here where if you're going to play Luka then you want to go with a couple of these Milwaukee guys because it's only going to work out if it's a high-scoring, close game, back and forth. So this one's kind of a stack—three, two, or three of these stars, or you know, f- basically fade it and go with one of these value guys like Portis. Interesting. Yeah,
1: I did you mention uh, KP? I did not mention him. Yeah, he's, I just was checking the, the local Dallas stuff. He's doubtful for this game. Back to so back. That, Yeah, back to back. Uh, and he's a soft, uh, <laughs> big baby. So he's, I don't think he's going to play. Uh, it looks like they sat Cleveland last night because I think he can try to play tonight with KP being out. That was sort of the strategy uh, there. So I, I think I know the rotations for both of these teams. But here's the the big news that I wanted to share. You know, I follow the Mavericks closely and, and Luca, And I played him last night, too. I just felt like the spot was so good that he'd get looks. You know, he'd get a good 10 or 12 open threes. And guess what? He really did. He has nine of them. And he only made one. So he just was ice cold you know it was the i'm not as a Mavericks fan i'm not panicked because you can't have more of a trap game than that game they just beat the utah jazz where nobody thought they could then they have to prepare with a back to back coming with a, a, a next night with milwaukee being a top team and they play the lowly rockets with the second worst record in the league they only have 13 wins so you you know if you're in vegas you you see this massive you know, a uh, game where it makes, uh, you know, just it screams trap game and, and you play Milwaukee and, or, I mean, you play Houston and be done with it. But uh, I was hoping that even in a scenario where Houston gave them a game, which I expected, that was my theory of playing Lukey yesterday. He's going to get extra minutes because I think Houston's going to hang around, but he couldn't perform. But here's my point. In looking at the last, like, 10 games for Dallas – they've made the determination that they made a few moves, they got rid of a few guys, and they, they obviously said, as they were sitting 27th in the league in defense, we can't go anywhere unless we change what we're doing defensively. In doing that, the whole philosophy of the team has changed. They're not taking as many shots. They're playing slower. They are playing better defense. But what that's doing is, slowing the other team's pace down, and there's less possessions, less DFS points, because I really dug in on it last night because I was so frustrated with that performance. And, you know, it it goes to show you where they are right now. Right now, the Dallas Mavericks are 25th in pace, and they had been in the middle of the pack. So they've really fallen there, and they're all the way up to 15th, which is halfway in the middle of uh, the league in, in uh, defense, where they had been at a, a rock bottom low when Brooklyn was 26 and they were 27. That was only like three, four weeks ago. So the entire p- aspect of output for the Mavericks is definitely changed. And they just, they had one five in a row until that last game. So I, I tell everybody that to say, beware of Mavericks games because their games are going to be lower scoring. This is what they've decided to do. And what it does is it really puts a cap on Luca and you can't pay 10-8, 11-3 for a guy that would almost have to shoot 80% from the field and just, you know, not turn it over to even get to like six X you're going to be just screaming for him to get to five X. And if he couldn't get it done against, uh, Houston, I don't see how he gets it done in in any games in the near future. So I think you may see his price slightly start to fall, and maybe get even below ten at some point because I think it's it the consistency of him scoring three four x in the last three weeks is has really been there. And uh, as far as you know, people saying I want to play him tonight because Porzingis probably won't play. He averages 1.63 DFS points per minute with Porzingis on the floor and 1.51 with him off the floor. So Porzingis' presence helps him. A lot more assists, uh, less four shots. So I am not on Luka, nor will I be until I see that turnaround. As a Mavs fan, I'm fine with it because they're playing better. They have a system. Guys are playing their roles. But as a DFS player there will not be uh, as much, you'll, you'll see this trend for me, you're not going to see as much Dallas rostering or their games being stacked. That being said, um, if Porzingis sits, I do think you have a couple of value plays uh, if you really come down to it that you could utilize, and that would be uh, Jay Rich, possibly, or uh, Tim Hardaway. They're both cheap, they both score Uh, they're the ones, they're the two guys that have been getting the upswing with Porzingis off the floor. So you can consider them more GPP plays. Uh, and that's it on the Milwaukee side. I do like two guys a lot. I like Drew holiday. He's playing phenomenal ball. I think he controls the tempo of this game. And I trust, I know he had a little bit of a step back from when he signed this big contract uh, two, three games ago, but I just, this, this is a perfect scenario for him to attack they know Dallas is on a second night of a back-to-back, so I think they they will pick up the pace. I love him, and I also love Bobby Portis. I was immediate As soon as I saw Giannis out, Portis in and starting, I think I posted right in uh, Discord, double-double, love Portis, and we had a few people that just didn't like Portis, but the, the dude is an offensive scorer. He gets you stocks, rebounds, and he just needs minutes, and when he becomes... Not just a fill-in guy, but one of the starters that's going to be in the rotation to get that needs to score points and do things for Milwaukee to win. I just think he's such a value pro, uh, play at his price. And then, of course, you can always consider Middleton whenever Giannis is out. We all know that, uh, unlike the the KP Luca thing, when when Giannis is out, Middleton's usage and DFS points rise quite a bit. So, uh, looking at Holiday and Portis a lot, possibly Middleton if I have salary, and then maybe just a few value plays on Dallas's side. But wanted to share that Mavericks news. That's my inside skinny where I think they are right now.
0: Yeah, I think that's a wonderful analysis and perspective, and uh, I think it's. I think we should all uh, incorporate that into our view of the Mavericks. The one thing I will say about Luca though is. He was very vocal in the media after the game about how badly he performed, how bad the team performed, and I still think he's playable. He's not. uh, He's not my primary focus on this slate, but um, you know, I I think uh, you know what I do is I I look back at the last game that Milwaukee had, and a lot of folks didn't want to play Curry because of Drew Holiday's defense, and um, but. I played Curry and he shot he only, he took 21 shots and he scored 41 points. He was 41-6 and 4 against yeah. Drew Holiday in Milwaukee. And we know that um Luka is typically going to get more rebounds and often more assists than than Curry. Um, you know and he just took 26 shots last night. So those those numbers just jump out at me. 26 shots, he had a dud against Houston. But Curry smashed against Milwaukee with 21 shots, and I think it's another great stat you put there with uh, Luca's performance with Porzingis on and off the court. So that you know that I don't think it's a slam dunk. Um, I don't think he'll probably make my first lineup, but he's he's motivated. He will be out there without Porzingis likely,
1: and I, I do think he could get it done. I mean, I, I'll never say Luca can't get it done. It's just my my problem is the ceiling. Where, you know, where you felt like on any given night he could throw up 70 or 80, just like Harden. I, I just don't see that right now. I don't think the way and the style they're playing works that way. And I think the Curry, uh, you know, that makes sense. But here's the problem. Golden State's like the third fastest pace. Dallas is 25. So that changes things, you know, for them trying to, for him trying to score against Drew as well. But I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I'm not giving up on Luca. I just, I don't see the ceiling. I mean, his price, if he gets to 50 fantasy points, you, you're, you're not at value. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree.
0: I mean, he's got to shoot well. But if, if he had made five more three-pointers last night, then he would have been yeah. at about 60 fantasy points. So and have if been, I made five fine. more
1: threes, I'd get a tryout with the Spurs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, we just saw Luca dominate from distance against Portland. What was it, a week or 10 days ago? He was on fire. So if he. You're trying to talk me off the Luca cliff. I get it. Yeah. Just just keep it in mind. I mean,
1: he he was hot. We were just talking about how hot he was from distance. So, He's his you know his percentage has improved. Again, though, that that even proves my point more. That's I think, and I won't keep belaboring it, but even those couple of games where they were in that five-game win streak and he raised his shooting percentage, he still didn't get over fifty. And that was because the pace and the style of the game changed. When when you have 14, 15 less possessions in the in the beginning of the year, when Luca was the highest priced and they were killing it, and he could we put up 82, 77 the pace they played at, played at, this is regardless of who the competitor was, they were getting a dozen extra possessions. That's a, Each one of those, Luka could get a rebound, an assist, a bucket, and then all of a sudden, that's removing like 30 to 35 possible points. So that's my only thing I'm trying to say is, even in a perfect world, I just I don't see him blowing up a game. And I hope I'm wrong, but I'm just going on with the – the sample size of the last 15 games is really shown. Gotcha. All right. Is it me? It's you. Oh, wow. All right. (laughs) It is, uh, is it Portland and Utah, correct? It sure is. Portland and, so we got these nice three game, late game after hour slate, so this is going to be a blast. We have uh, Portland Trailblazers at Utah Jazz. Utah on the second night of a back-to-back. They're only a a five-and-a-half point favorite. That seems to be the magic number all the time here for lines we're not sure about. They're all five-and-a-half. Here you go, Andrew. I got the highest game of the night again by happenstance, 231-and-a-half. You've got the 19th and 18th pace, which isn't great. Portland with the wonderful 29th defense and Utah third. So 231-and-a-half in a Utah game, does that surprise you? It does a little bit. Um, and it's funny what,
0: what I was looking at the same thing. Um, maybe it was Detroit. So we'll get to that in a little bit, little bit later. Where they're almost they're almost two thirty with their terrible pace and terrible offense because it's Sacramento. But yeah, um, it's funny how a, a team like Portland
1: with their awful defense can really spike up the total. It, it's amazing because I can't remember, and, and you know, I, things slip my mind. I don't believe Utah. A Utah game has ever been our highest point total on a on a slate, so definitely odd. But as we said the other day, they're Vegas. They ain't no dummies in Vegas, so they yep. obviously think this game's going to be juiced up. I like this game, Andrew. I know it's risky because Utah and the way they can shut people down. But you know, I, I don't. I, I think the line makes sense here. You've got a contrast of styles. So it's a, a monster uh, additional uh, possessions game for, for uh, Utah. So you're going to have their guys getting more opportunities to score against a weak defense. So Donovan Mitchell's very strongly in pay, play for me. He may be a pay, the pay-up guy I go with. I think that uh, – and, and let me give you a couple other uh, pointers on this one here as far as injuries. We know that uh, Powell is probable – And then the important news is Nurkic is questionable. And that has a lot to do with whether we play uh, our man Cantor or not. So we have to follow the news on Nurkic. And Mike Connolly, doubtful. So you've got that scenario where you you, you get to get all of his usage and points out of the way, which moves up Mitchell, moves up Ingalls, moves up Clarkson. So. Mitchell being my favorite of those three, but all three are in contention for me to play. Those are the three Jazz that I like. And then on the Portland side, you know, I, I'm fine with either Lillard or McCollum. I think they're both playing good ball. I keep going after Lillard, and he hasn't really busted out completely where I think he can. Uh, you know, against a, a, a real tough Utah team might not be the spot to pay up that high, but I do like him. I think you can get some value uh, in this game, though, from Portland. I think Norman Powell, since it looks like he is going to be in, is a decent play. He'll probably be guarded by Bogdanovich. So those two could go back and forth and score some. Covington's been well, the old Covington now. He's starting to have some consistent games where he's doing you know, all five categories. And then obviously at center, it's pretty easy. We, we love to go canter if Nurkic sits. If Nurkic comes back and it's a split, then, you know, then I'm on down the road. So, yeah, I'm going to have probably, you know, good three, four guys from this game. I think it's got potential, Andrew. You want to play Canner against Gobert? I'm not afraid of that. And and I'll tell you why. Because Canner leads the league, number one in all of the NBA, in second chance points. And I know Gobert's a great rebounder. But Nurkic just gets his, he's seven footer. He gets his nose in there. He gets tips. I think, uh, you know, Canner can can score against anybody, even Gobert. And remember, Gobert's blocks are similar. I mean, he's the best player defensively in the league. I agree. But his, like Miles Turner, his blocks don't always come on the other center. They come on everybody else trying to attack the rim. So, you know, I, I think... I don't think that scares me with Cantor at that price tag if Nurkic sits.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Cantor is awesome points per minute. He's a tremendous offensive rebounder. Number one. But I, for me, it would be a little bit of a fingers crossed situation and hope that he gets a couple lucky bounces and finds a way to to score. Hey, that's
1: All that's the story in my life. <laughs> fingers <laughs> crossed, lucky bounce. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. I I almost would be more likely to play Gobert. um, Well, that's
1: the other side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is terrible defensively, so I love that point. But don't the thing that agitates me about Gobert is his price. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a much he's in a different price tier, so it's it's a hard
0: situation um, because Gobert is you know really more of a cash option, and uh, you know I put a, a GPP lineup together most nights for our members and you know he's almost never in consideration for me but it's an awesome yeah. matchup he smashed against Portland uh on opening night and that was when Nurkic and Cantor were, were both playing right. and if he gets Cantor for the whole night uh he could put up one of his you know 2020 20 games he, he put up 20 and 17 against them earlier yeah. in the season so I, I look at Gobert a little bit here with the the guards I agree with you with Utah I mean it's Mitchell Ingles Clarkson uh, with Conley likely out here on a on a back to back and I'm surprised that Mitchell's price dipped a little bit on FanDuel at 7800 yeah. I'd like that a lot sub 8000 for Mitchell's hard to pass up I mean against Portland's defense and yeah. Mitchell is one of the few guys in the NBA who's very strong on back to backs so I'm not concerned about that Ingles I would really typically like in this situation, as you know, I don't like him as much on back to backs though. So I'm a little bit hesitant there. Clarkson, certainly an option. And with Portland, I'm going to continue to look at CJ McCollum here over Lillard, just because his price is so much cheaper. He's actually played better than Lillard some games and played better against Utah when they played earlier in the season. So I'm not going to pay up for Lillard on this slate. Um, and, and Covington, I agree, he, he's in the mix as well. So this is, you know, it, it, yeah, it's funny with a Utah game to have this much interest in in some of the payup guys and the mid-tier guys. Uh, this will this will be an interesting one for for the main slate and the after-hour slate. It, yeah, it could be the key game of the night for sure. All right, next up we have Phoenix and the Clippers. Second game on TNT. Yeah. The first one is uh, the Lakers and the Heat. By the way, a uh, piece of news came through during the show here. Um, our man, Ken Birch, you know, it's funny. You were talking about him during the Chicago-Toronto breakdown, how, yeah. he, how he'd gotten waived. And now this note says
1: that he plans to sign with Toronto. So wow. that didn't take long, did it? Well, I'm surprised they're waving him, to be honest. I mean, Jerome Robinson from Washington, I that shocks me. Yeah, there's a bunch of good players getting waived all of a sudden. You you had come, who was the other guy? We 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 uh checked out. It was another big a guy that has been in these are guys that have been starting and been in rotations uh that have have been cut, but Birch will help out in Toronto, they needed a guy like that. Yeah, I think the other one may have been Gary Clark. Yeah. Waived by he the started Nuggets. a lot by so them too. We'll see how Joe yeah.
0: Stanton handles that one. Um, yeah. So Phoenix and the Clippers, the Suns coming off that nice overtime win against Utah, and it's a 222.5 total here, Clippers favored by six, they're on the front end of a back to back, Yeah. and not a lot of news right now as we record this right before lunchtime, only Ibaka out for the Clippers, everyone else seems like they're ready to go, Yeah. um, which is good for the, the health of the teams, but not great for DFS. And this is not a game that I'm very interested in here on the main slate because we've got the slow pace, 26 and 27. That's bad. We have both top 10 defenses. The The one potential saving grace is two really good offenses, Phoenix number seven and the Clippers number two. On the Phoenix side, uh, the big three played well last night, played big minutes, though. They all played in the 40s. This is Paul yeah. Booker and Ayton, of course. And they all played pretty well against the Clippers earlier in the season, but with the big minutes back to back, seven game slate, I don't think I'm going to go to any of those guys. And then the thing that's that stood out from the box score for me last night was that Cam Johnson got 37 minutes, that's uh, crazy. smashed value, and he's he's still really cheap here. But I don't know what's going on with, with that and why he, uh, why he got so much extra run because he's been pretty inconsistent lately and has not been uh, having successful DFS outputs. So I'm going to fade Phoenix here. And then on the Clippers' side, we've got Pat Bev back, and he played 20 minutes. And he's always a threat, even you know in the 3K range with 20 minutes, because he can get a few steals and hit a few threes. But not my favorite value play here. And he basically took away all the potential value for Those younger guys off the bench, Terrence May and Luke Kennard, they basically got pushed out of the rotation. Reggie Jackson played really well, uh, even with Beverly there coming off the bench. But, uh, you know, kind of a mess now with Beverly, Jackson, and Rondo. So I'm not going to go there. Uh, With the studs, I don't like Kawhi here. He really struggled against Phoenix in the first matchup. I think it was because of Bridge's defense. Paul, uh, uh, Paul George was excellent. Uh, I I think he probably got the benefit of more defense from Booker. Uh, So I would look at Paul George if I was going to pay for any of the stars in this game in the 8K range. And I like how he got much more aggressive in the last game, had a big scoring night. He'd been sort of flatlining there for a while. And then uh, with the bigs, I do want to mention that DeMarcus Cousins is in town, got eight minutes in his first game, and did really well seven, four, and two. He says he's in the best shape of his life. Um, wow. so that, uh, is going to start to eat into Zubats a little bit, but yeah. for the main slate coach, this is mostly a pass for me unless I, uh, sneak Paul George into the lineup.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I'm with you on George. I mean, I watched his last game. He was locked and loaded. He didn't miss for like a half. I mean, I think he went hit nine shots in a row or some insanity, but, uh, yeah, this is a fun game. I mean, you have two, I, I can't remember a game where I ha- don't have any injuries written down for a team. I, I literally don't have a single injury written down for this game. So, you know, Phoenix has been very lucky that way. They they haven't had a, a big bunch of uh, people out. But, you know, this is an important game for the Clippers. They're two and and a half games behind the Suns. And, you know, that head-to-head uh, battle is important. When it comes down to a possible tie or anything down the stretch. So, you're going to, I think this game's going to feel a little bit like a playoff game, which in those games, usually teams play a little bit, you know, smarter. They don't turn it over as much. It's a little slower. So, I'm not crazy about this game either, but I do like the matchup for Paul George. I like the way he's playing. His price is reasonable. I think he is a playable commodity here. He's the one guy that I uh, lean towards. The other guy. You know he's in my player pool. He is every day. I if you'd have told me at the beginning of the year that Marcus Morris Senior would be the guy that I rostered more than anybody else, but I just keep putting him in there at that price. And I say it every day. He made he made value again this last game. I mean he's just been a nice part of that offense. Now I know it. You know I'm probably going to the well a few too many times with him because they do have their their whole group back, including with Pat Bev in there. So I'm not crazy about Moore's. I really am leaning on the George side. Uh, As far as the Phoenix side goes, though, Chris Paul was awesome last night, by the way. But I don't like the fact that they're on a second night of a back-to-back. And I don't like the fact that they played such massive minutes. So I don't feel comfortable going any to the big dogs and paying up against a a Clippers team that's going to be very motivated, you know, with all their guys back. I really like the Clippers to win this game. And, uh, you know, I I think I'll put a couple nickels on the Clippers and just not roster any of the Suns and hope that it works out on both sides. Excellent. I like it. All right, we're going to finish up the slate. Game 7 of 7. It's another 10 o'clock game. It's the Detroit Pistons at the Sacramento Kings. Kings uh, have fallen to 7 games under five hundred. Detroit uh, with the possible worst record in all of basketball, if I'm not mistaken or they're close to it. Um, we've got Sacramento seven and a half point favorite, at 226 and a half over under, so tied for the second highest. As far as pace goes, Detroit 23, Sacramento 11, but the, the box cars, uh, triple red seven light up number here. We have the 22nd and 30th defensive teams in the league. So uh, that is an exciting part. Uh, The other issues here that we, that actually play to our favor, in my opinion, Grant and Magruder out for Detroit. Uh, We know Bagley still out for Sacramento, but with Grant being out, that opens up points galore for some of these Pistons uh, against this 30th ranked Sacramento defense. So, the guys that I think you have to consider here, <clears throat> and these are all... I'm not going to play all these guys, obviously, but I don't think you can turn your back on Josh Jackson. Ja- that'd be easy for me to say. Mm-hmm. Josh Jackson, uh, Sadiq Bey, uh, S- uh, Dumbuyu, Plumley, and Stewart. I think all those guys need to be discussed because I think they're going to get decent minutes. It's against a, a, a pretty quick pace with a, a team that cannot... Uh, defend. So, I want to find a couple of value plays from the Detroit side. Then on the Sacramento side, I'll tell you the guy that's just been blowing my mind lately is De'Aaron Fox. He's quietly been, I think, the the most improved guy in the league. I really do. He's if you if you see the what he's putting out there, it's it's amazing. And I I love love this matchup for him. I wouldn't mind paying up a little bit for him at all since. I haven't really paid up for a lot of guys here. I uh, would love to have him in the tank for that late game. So I'm a big Fox fan in this game. Um, I think a few other guys you can consider, uh, maybe Harrison Barnes. His price has leveled out a little bit. Um, you know. And that's probably about it for me. I do like Halliburton, um, and I just don't want to double up the Fox Halliburton, but I do like him. So you know, a couple of value plays from Detroit the pay up for Fox, and then probably a second banana. So this is going to end up possibly being my highest rostered game. And I don't think many people are paying much attention to it. But you got the, you know, if you really look at from a defensive efficient uh, situation, this is by far the game that combines the worst two defenses. So I think you got to respect it. Yeah, I think that's going to be the challenge is to not forget about this game. As the
0: the last one on the slate, uh, it's got Detroit involved, who typically we want to fade because there's so many guys out there getting minutes. But without Grant, it really does change things. I agree, um, and I I probably probably wouldn't turn my back on any of the Pistons. Uh, more likely to try to pick one of these guys as a one-off. Uh, Sadiq Bay, I think we have to talk about because he just scored 25 points, yeah. but. Look at his last five games in terms of points. Not fantasy points, but actual Massively points.
1: inconsistent. Zero.
0: <laughs> okay, there's a zero in there. Then 11, yeah. then 6, 10, 25. And he shoots, he shoots so many three-pointers that there's so much volatility. He went 6 for 12 on three-pointers, scored 25 points. But other nights, he doesn't even get 10 shots. He's basically a disappearing act. So, yeah. GPP only, but he is really cheap on DraftKings at 4300. So I unfortunately feel like I need to at least consider him. Mm-hmm. The the other value play I want to mention here is Corey Joseph. Only on DraftKings cuz he's 3500 and he's been playing great since the trade and remember, he was coming from Sacramento. So he's back in town now. Payback. Yeah. Payback time. He's been playing great. It's not like some narrative where it's a guy that uh you know has gotten a, a few minutes here and there and he's been inconsistent you hope for some big spike. I mean, he's been really steady paying yeah. off value for for all of his games. So I like him on DraftKings. Yeah, it's a good play. With Sacramento, I agree. Fox is in a great spot here. How how could he not smash? Uh, I mean, the only thing that that detracts here is Detroit's pace of 23rd and you know if Sacramento blows them out then you know maybe he doesn't hit his ceiling but he should be excellent you know while he's out there so he's he's in the mix for me as well and wouldn't argue against any of the other Sacramento starters certainly in play so that wraps it up for us coach we've got a, a fun seven game slate here big news with Giannis we'll see if he's out and we'll see how all the other pieces of news come together we'll finalize our lineups This evening, we invite you to come in and grab them, play those full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo, and take advantage of our coach's clipboard on DraftKings. You can sign up at DFSCoachTalk.com. If you have any questions, reach out to us on Twitter, at DFSCoachTalk. While you're there, you can follow the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can find me at LanguageOlympic. And if you wouldn't mind, if you like what you hear, uh, subscribe to the channel on YouTube if you haven't already. And hit the thumbs up wherever you're listening. We'd certainly appreciate that. And we do appreciate all your support. We enjoy um, putting these podcasts together and interacting with you. Talking NBA seven days a week, Coach.
1: Hey, I wish we had an eighth day.
0: That's how <laughs> much I love
1: it. Yeah, or 26 or 28 hours in the day. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, it'd be fantastic. But you know what? We'll get it done with what we've got. So, That's right. Great, Great luck for everybody tonight. Hope we crush it and all the sports going on. Uh, it's a wonderful time of the year. So let's Absolutely. get
0: it. Yeah. So on behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hanson. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.